We the People, a podcast giving a Christian perspective on news, politics, hot topics, and so much more. Hosted by Rodney Nesmith, worship pastor at New Life Fellowship in Lovelock, Nevada. This week, Pastor Rodney is joined by Anthony Watts, a meteorologist and senior fellow of the Heartland Institute, as they discuss climate change. Is it a real threat? The latest episode of We the People starts right after this quick commercial break. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders across the country. So at Firehouse Subs, we don't just make subs, we make subs that are big, bold, and craveable. We make our subs differently because our subs make a difference. Like our Firehouse Meatball or Hearty Italian Sub, your choice for just $6.99 each. Firehouse Subs, enjoy more subs, save more lives. the latest episode of We The People. Here's Rodney. All right. Good evening, everybody. This is Rodney, your uh, host here tonight on the We The People podcast. And uh, Happy New Year to everyone. It's our first episode of the year. And we're happy to have on Anthony Watts, a meteorologist. And we're going to be diving into the climate change subject tonight. Uh, so hello, Anthony. Nice to have you with us. Hello. Glad to be here. Good, good, good. And we've been having some odd weather lately. Uh, well, very wintry. And yet it seems like every event that goes on, whether it's too hot or, or, well, not too hot, but hot or cold or too rainy or too snowy, it's it's all about climate change. So tell us, tell us where you're at on this thing. Well, you know, climate change has become the universal boogeyman. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, it just every time a weather event happens, then, well, the media pops up, they get some some boneheaded expert who's never been outside of his office that actually does any real time forecasting. You know, he just does theory. And oh, right. well, it's because of climate change. And they they run with that. Yeah. And, you know, I want to back up a little bit and say that I used to believe way back early on that it was a real issue. Um mm-hmm. I go back on this all the way to June of 1988, when there was uh, Dr. James Hansen of NASA went before Congress in June of 1988 to talk about uh, carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. And he made a presentation to Congress at that time that basically said, um, we've got a problem ahead in the future. And I looked at the science that was presented and so forth, and I thought, yeah, we really have a problem. And I started working towards solutions. I was actually a climate activist around 1988 to 1990. Um, I worked with the National Arbor Day Foundation to plant trees to offset carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Mm. So I was I was fully into it. But then I met I met the state climatologist of California, the former state climatologist of California. His name was Jim Goodridge, and he had retired in Chico. And he started showing me some of the things that he had found about, um, well, how they measured temperature around California. And um, I'll never forget some of the pictures he showed me. One was in Quincy, California, where they had a, a weather station there that was used to measure climate. And it mm-hmm. was at the um, was at the, um, the Department of Transportation, uh, Caltrans office there. Right. 
Well, the only problem was is that, okay, so they got the weather station here, but just about five feet away, they had an incinerator for burning trash. Wow. Right? This was just one of several oddball type things that he'd showed me. And so I started doubting it. And I started looking into some of the science and so forth. And then I discovered that that presentation that was made in 1988 in June by Dr. James Hansen had a bit of stagecraft involved in it. And let me tell you the backstory. And this is verified. This is You can look this up. But the senator who sponsored him, uh, Senator Timothy Worth from Colorado, he and the, the Dr. Hansen conspired to make the hearing room hot during the presentation. Oh, what they wow. did is they called a, a couple of weeks ahead of time to the Weather Bureau back then. That was like what they call it, and asked yeah. what you think is going to be the hottest day in June. So they scheduled the hearing for the hottest day in June, and then the night before, they went into the hearing room, opened up the windows, and disabled the air conditioner. Oh, so, man. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. This is not some crazy, you know, made-up stuff. You can go look this up. Frontline uh, did a story on this, and... Hmm. Basically, what happened was is that when the hearing started and they had the television cameras there, you know, people were sweating yeah. and, you know, it, it, it drove home that global warming, which is what they called it back then, right. is really a problem. And if we don't do something, you know, and of course, Congress being completely science illiterate, they just decided to immediately throw a whole bunch of money at the problem because, you know, well, if we mm -hmm. throw money at a problem, it'll go away, right? No. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, it never does. If you just throw no. money at a problem, they just got, it gets bigger and bigger and they start asking for more money. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I thought to myself when I found that out, you know, if the science that they had presented was so strong, why do they need to do this bullshit stagecraft in order to drive the point home? And so the whole global warming premise was started on a bit of a ruse. Um, and if you look back, at all of the different predictions that have been made about what's going to happen, you know, due to climate change or ecological disaster or any of these things, you go back and look at the first Earth Day and look at the presentations that were made then and on the first Earth Day about what's going to happen if we don't do this. None of them have come true. Not one. Zero. Zero. Exactly. Exactly. The polar ice caps have not melted like Al Gore said they would in 2008. Nope. You know, we haven't um, reached uh, significant, you know, temperatures where it's intolerable to live. Um, one in 1989, one UN official made this quote in an Associated Press story, and he said, "Entire nations will be wiped off the face of the earth if we don't do something about climate change because it's going to cause sea level to rise and inundate all these areas." Well, Miami is still there, you yep. know, and all these other coastal cities are still there. San Francisco is still there. The bottom line is, is that all of this stuff is predicated on predictions, mm -hmm. on models, computer models. And the right. computer models say if we add this much carbon dioxide to the atmosphere, well, this is what's going to happen in the future. But the models are all wrong. They are basically educated conjectures. And the inputs that are supplied to these things and the assumptions that are made to produce the computer programming are wrong. It's just that simple. Uh, and I say that with absolute certainty, because I can tell you that none of those predictions have come true, and, and you can observe it yourself. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I remember when this first started as well, um, and the first thing, you know, was Al Gore out there talking about, 
you know, how the islands were going to disappear in the ocean because of the rising seas and coastal cities were going to, you know, get inundated with water. And you, like you said, the polar ice caps are going to melt and they're, they're melting and blah, blah, blah. And I look back at that and not one single thing he said was going to happen, happened. Nothing, none of it. No, it it isn't. And it hasn't. And they're just basically, um, they're, they're putting out, fallacies mm -hmm. they're, they're putting up absolute fakery when it comes yeah. to this stuff and yep. um it's unfortunate because science is supposed to be self-correcting but what's happened is is that science is so full of money right now for this stuff they can't seem to put the brakes on and um they just basically are floundering on all this money and no one wants to give that up. I mean, you know, it, right. it's great. Yeah, it, it, you can't just say, "Well, everything's fine." When, next time you go to the National Science Foundation and ask for a grant, <laughs> we, they're just going to say, oh, "Well, you don't need any more money." They, yeah. It's all about follow the money. Seriously. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, let's go back to something you said at the beginning. You said that uh, we're having weird weather right now. Well. No. Well, weird, ne not necessarily. I'm just saying every kind of weather event we have, they, they say it's about climate change. And to me, it's just, okay, it's winter or it's summer. You know, that's the way I look at it. Right. So I'm going to switch my screen here and do a presentation. And okay. I'm going to show you something uh, about um, a, um, let's see here. I'm going to move this over to screen two. And move this out of the way so that you guys can see this. But one of the one of the big things. Okay, can you switch that on? Can you uh, share that screen for me that you see I put up at the bottom? Uh, let's just see. click on it. Okay. Let's see here. Let's go to layout. Down at the bottom, right under you. It's okay. right next to me. Just click on that. Nope. No, that's not it. All right. Well, never mind. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it. If all you have to do. It could be because you're doing this show on a phone. It probably show, is. You should never do these shows on a phone. Yeah. There's just not enough screen real estate to get your uh, point across. So yeah. basically, what's going on here is I was going to show people of about about the Great Flood of 1862. Now. Okay. This happened in Sacramento. It, between the period of late December 1861 and middle January 1862, there was a constant deluge of rainfall and snowmelt. And it, it rained so much that the streets of Sacramento, old Sacramento, which still exists today, were mm -hmm. flooded to the level of about eight feet deep. Wow. And, um, much of the Sacramento Valley itself was flooded. It basically became an inland ocean. Um, and the it took, it took weeks for the water to go down. But this hmm. is from an atmospheric river event, much like what we're getting in California today. Right. So, but the, the alarmists latch on to events like this and say, see, climate change, and <laughs> yeah. without looking back at the history. And in mm -hmm. fact, they, they go back and try to erase that history from people to keep people from seeing it. Yeah. They don't want people to realize that weather has been 
even more severe in the past. And if you look at all of the, the data from history, from about 1900 onward, you will see that tornadoes are down, the number of hurricanes are down, there's been no increase in their frequency or their intensity, the, the amount of drought is down, rainfall is actually up in many areas. Um, and so these climate catastrophes that they talk about today, well, if you only look at the last 10 or 20 years, you can say worst ever. But then if you if you if you don't look at the at the whole record going all the way back to 1900, well, then, you know, you're basically in a situation where uh, you're you're denying the existence of previous data. And that's what happens a lot, particularly with reporters in the print media. They are just horrible at doing research. And I run an, um, a website called climaterealism.com. Um, it's it run by the Heartland Institute. I'm the one of the major contributors to it. But we debunk these media stories there on a regular basis. And I can tell you that it doesn't take much work at all to punch through these stories that are published by the mass media, whether it's CBS News or you know uh, New York Times or, or whatever. They've got reporters on these staffs that are supposed to be climate experts, but these people either are uh, willfully ignorant and refuse to research, or they're just plain dumb. I don't know. But the bottom line is, is that within a couple of minutes, I can find data that completely trashes most of these stories. And you can read these on climaterealism.com. And mm -hmm. so um, I, I advise people to take a look at that. Well, um, and the funny thing to me is, like you were talking about the hurricanes, the tornadoes, all of those things. It's like everyone that happens now, oh, it's the worst ever. You know, the climate change has made these so much worse. And, you know, all this guy, they do the same thing, you know, like I said, with hurricanes, with tornadoes, with all of this. And I know for my own self, with a little bit of research, that that is not true. Right. Yeah, you're not a climate expert, but you can figure this stuff out for yourself if you just take the time to look, right? Exactly. That's exactly right. And it doesn't take long at all. No. And so what, what I'm telling your viewers is, is that when you see one of these stories, go do your own research. And then when you find it to be untrue, call them out. Write an email to that reporter and say, hey, stupid, you missed this. Seriously, you have to <laughs> yeah. be mean with these people. Um, talk to their editors, you know, make a phone call, make an email, write a letter to the editor, whatever. Don't let them get away with this stuff. There is no climate crisis. That is a manufactured marketing tool that didn't exist yep. five years ago. If you go into Google and do something called Google Ngram and you look for the use of that term, mm -hmm. it didn't exist before five years ago. And it's all about making people scared and making them making them scared enough to say, oh, well, we need to follow your policy suggestions so we all don't die. Mm -hmm. It is it, it's manipulation and propaganda of the highest order. And I never used to be that way. I used to be very reserved about saying things like that because right. I thought science really has to be doing this right. It isn't. Science yep. is not doing this right anymore. They're stuck on the money train. They're yep. stuck on the glory train. And they have something called, um, they, they have this, this idea that they're saving the earth. They have something called the noble cause corruption going on in their heads. Mm -hmm. their, their viewpoint is that 
I'm saving the earth. So, well, even if my premise isn't right or my data is not right or my research isn't right, I'm still doing something towards saving the earth. And that's the right thing to do. And it comes out of uh, the police um, arena where, you know, police arrest some bad guy. They know he's dirty. They know he's done this, killed somebody, moved drugs or whatever. And so they plant a piece on him or they plant, you know, some drugs on him because they know he's bad, but they just can't make it stick. Right. So the police do that to get this guy in jail. It's the same thing going on with climatology. They will will fudge this stuff and make you think that it's real. The worst example of this, this is just absolute, the worst thing in science I've ever seen is something called the hockey stick. Now, the hockey stick is this graph that came out in 1998. And basically it showed that, you know, as you go along in time, temperatures like this, and all of a sudden it goes like that, shoots Mm -hmm. up wildly. I can say with certainty it's a fraud. It's a fraud because the image, that graph, is a manipulation. It's a manipulation because they took two different data sets and spliced them together. The first data set is something called tree ring proxies, where basically they were looking at tree rings over the last thousand years and mm-hmm. deciding, you know, well, what was the climate like from those tree rings? Right. And then what happened was starting around 1962, the tree rings, instead of going up like they expected, started to go down. And well, gosh, we can't show that the temperature's going down. <laughs> what do we do? Right. What they did is they took, they took the um, tree ring data, chopped off the section where it was going down, added onto it the instrumental temperature record, meaning the surface temperature record of the Earth. And of course, it's going way up. Well, it's going way up mainly because of population growth. Um, and so it was a fraud. And it, it, it is just the worst abuse of science I've ever seen. And people have tried to call this guy out on it. And the the climate community, you know, the the, uh, the, the grand poobahs of climate that wanted <laughs> yeah. to get all the money, they rallied around him to try to tell everybody, oh, no, you don't know what you're talking about. He's not doing anything wrong at all. You know, this is true science and it's pure and all this other horse shit. It's mm-hmm. a fraud, an absolute fraud. Well, and for me, I mean, it doesn't, take a rocket scientist because i'm not one to figure (laughs) out to figure out that if you follow the money this whole thing is about money it's all about money because you know everybody's got to have an electric car oh okay well because it's going to save the planet okay let's look at that because if you look at what a lithium mine does to the earth how are we saving the planet by digging these lithium mines that are just ripping gargantuan holes in the earth and then what do we do with the batteries when they die? Do we have a process to, you know, to deal with the batteries, all the batteries when they die? Or what are we doing with those? But see, they don't have answers to these questions. Yeah, I really wish I could share my screen with you because I had a whole bunch of slides prepared. And I'm not sure why you can't see that to click on it. But uh, I'll try to paint a picture. Remember, I was talking about the, uh, the, the fabrication that went on with the hockey stick and how the right. temperature goes up. Well, what's happened over the last 30 or 40 years is that the temperature around the world has increased dramatically, the surface temperature. And I did a study. I visited over a thousand stations, weather stations used to measure climate in the United States between 19 or between 2007 and last summer. And um, what I found is that over 90 percent 
of the weather stations that are used to measure climate are compromised and are uh, compromised by heat sinks. Basically, mm -hmm. they, the world has grown up around these thermometers. And so right. they're close to asphalt and concrete and air conditioner exhaust and all kinds of things. And not over 90%. And when mm -hmm. I present this data to uh, this finding to NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, what do they do? They don't deny the fact that I found over 90% of the stations are flawed and they have rules. They have to be at least 100 feet away from these influences. Mm -hmm. And and they, they published this rule and they admit, yes, there's messed up stations out there, but we statistically adjust for it. Well, <laughs> I, again, that's horse crap. You can't statistically adjust for a measurement without knowing the conditions you're trying to adjust for. They're applying a blanket adjustment. And the bottom line is, is that, again, it's fraud. It's absolute fraud. And it's fraud because they don't want to let go of the money. Right. And it just, it, it's really a bad situation. Um, you mentioned uh, earlier on about um, islands sinking, mm -hmm. right? This is one of the things that Al Gore talked about in his right. movie, An Inconvenient Truth. He says, mm -hmm. well... You know, the sea levels are rising and a lot of island nations are really in bad shape. They're going to be inundated by the sea level rise and they're going to disappear. Well, the truth is, is that when you go look at the tide gauges for these places, that's not happening at all. And in fact, because these are all coral atoll islands, like the, the island chain of the nation of Tuvalu, um, these, these coral atolls actually float not float so much, but they grow with the ocean. The coral mm -hmm. grows and yeah. the sand gets collected. And so they, they are not sinking at all. And the proof of the pudding in about this being all about money is that the nation of Tuvalu has been building new resorts and new airport runways <laughs> to accommodate the airport traffic and, and the visitors with the idea that come visit before it disappears. They use that as a marketing term. Come wow. visit before it disappears. That's they ridiculous. do the same thing with the Arctic. And again, it's fraud. Oh, yeah, it totally is. Because I personally haven't heard of any islands that have been overcome by the ocean because of rising seas. I mean, uh, Hawaii looks the same. You know, uh, I, you know, I'm pretty sure all that stuff is still there and the ocean is still about the same. So, Right. I'm going to tell you a story about something I'm really proud of. You remember Governor Jerry Brown? Oh, yes. All right. He was governor of California. Well... Um, in 2012 or 2013, I forget which year, I was at the American Geophysical Union Convention in San Francisco at Moscone Center. And Jerry Brown was there. And I actually sat right behind him, um, which was kind of an odd thing. But the presenter that they had was um, this fellow from uh, Penn State. And he was talking about sea level rise. And so he made all these slides showing, you know, what it's going to look like. And again, they're using computer models showing yeah. the inundation and the San Francisco airport was going to be underwater. The Marina district was going to be underwater and all this other stuff. So Brown is sitting there and he's just a politician. He's not a scientist. He's eating mm -hmm. this stuff up. Two days later, his office issues a proclamation about the need to do something about sea level rise that San Francisco, and get this, San Francisco airport is going to be underwater if we don't do something. And then he makes the giant leap of logic. Los Angeles International Airport is going to be underwater too. Well, 
obviously Governor Brown never paid any attention to how it looks when you fly into Los Angeles International Airport. It's on a bluff about 100 feet above the ocean. Okay. I... I wrote up a letter and I sent it down to his office and said, you are not just wrong. You're terribly wrong. And here's why. Look at this data. It's 100 feet above. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. His, his office issued a retraction to his statement. I uh-huh. never got credit for it. Well, of course not. Of course no, not. I'm just an it, evil it, climate denier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It made him look better that he you know, presented this. Oh, that's not going to happen. But that's the level of brains that are going on with these proclamations. Unfortunately, yeah. the politicians, are most of them are dumber than a post, and mm-hmm. they just think that the scientists are all pure and have their stuff together, and they just regurgitate the, what they say. Yeah, it's true. That's a, that's a fact. I mean, I just, you know, I, like, I lived in Northern California for most of my life, in Oroville, as a matter of fact. And so, I mean, I, I remember summers when I was a kid, you know, what they were like. I remember winters as a kid, what they were like. And, you know, I didn't move to Nevada till not quite seven years ago. So it's not like I forgot what it was about. And I still have family there that I go see several times a year. So it's to me, it's just OK. It's just summer or it's just winter in Northern California. That's just what it is. Right. And we go through cyclic pattern changes in the way the weather happens. And the weather in California and the West Coast in general is entirely influenced by the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. The Pacific Ocean, its currents, its water temperatures and so forth are entirely controlling the weather inside of California. My friend Jim Goodridge, the former state climatologist, did an experiment where he was looking at a particular ocean buoy and off the coast of Southern California, and he was able to use the temperature, air temperature and water temperature of that buoy to predict what was going to happen inside of California weather-wise, and it was dead on. And yeah. yet, you know, the whole climate change regime now is basically saying, you know, that it's all about carbon dioxide in the atmosphere yeah. controlling the temperature. It's not, nothing to do with ocean currents, nothing to do with any patterns or anything like that. Now, I want to talk about carbon dioxide a little bit. Carbon dioxide, if you remember your basic grade school science, is part of this life cycle of the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, plants ingest carbon dioxide and, uh, and they produce oxygen. You know, right. that is the whole photosynthesis process. So it's a natural part of the ecosystem. But what the scientist, the climate scientist is saying is that because climate, because carbon dioxide has increased in the atmosphere, it's going to make the earth warmer. That's why it was called global warming before right. it became climate change. Well, the problem with that is, is that number one, it doesn't affect anything in the daytime. And number two, the effect is not linear. That's one of the other big problems with climate change is that everyone assumes these cause and effects are linear. They're not. The ocean and the atmosphere is a chaotic system. Stuff goes up and down. There's cycles and all that sort of thing. And there are checks and balances built into the atmospheric system. But here's the real thing that most people don't understand about carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide, the effect of it in the atmosphere mostly happens in the first 100 parts per million. Now, right now we're up around 420 parts per million. And they say that since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution around 1850, where it was 350 parts per million, that all of the increase in temperature we've seen since 1850 is entirely tied to carbon dioxide. But what they've missed is that it's not a linear relationship. It's not straight up. Mm -hmm. 
it's a saturation. Uh, it's a it's a logarithmic relationship. There's a curve to it, um, and so carbon dioxide. The more of it that gets in the atmosphere, the less it actually affects the temperature. It's kind of like this. Let's say you go to a restaurant and you have a bowl of soup. You taste the bowl of soup and you think, eh, kind of bland. I'll add some salt to it. So you put right. some salt into it. Taste it again. Need some more salt. Add some more salt to it. And now you taste it and yeah, it's too salty. I oversalted it. Now, no matter how much more salt you add to that soup, it's still going to taste the same. It's still going to taste too salty. And that's mm -hmm. because your taste buds are saturated to the effect of salt. They can't, they can't indicate anymore. Well, the atmosphere is right. kind of the same way. Once you get past a certain point in carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, it's not going to make that much more warming. And so we're already very close to that point. And so all these predictions of future doom based on carbon dioxide increasing don't take into account that the fact that it's going to go up and level off at least the effect of it. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's science. You can find that in official reports. But the people that are pushing the agenda don't tell you those things. No. Another th thing they don't tell you is that one of the computer models that it had become the darlings of the media, where they were saying, you know, gloom and doom ahead, watch out. <laughs> they would cite this one particular model called RCP 8.5. It stands for Representative Carbon Pathways, and 8.5 is the scenario number. And it basically describes, uh, uh, we're going to put this much carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, and we're going to get this much temperature out of it. In, you know, by the year 2100. The problem is, is that whoever made the model forgot one thing, that the numbers that they put into it can't possibly be attained. If we burned all of the coal, oil, and everything else on the planet, we still couldn't get the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere this thing required in order to work. And so the RCP 8.5 model was quietly discredited and retired around 2020, when another scientific <laughs> paper came out and said, this isn't possible. Yet, politicians and climate activists are still using that doomsday scenario painted by RCP 8.5 to tell you that the future world is going to roast if you don't do something about it and stop driving your car so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. And we've got to stop cows from flatulating and all these kind of things. And it's like, are you kidding me right now? Some of the things they come up with sound so moronic to me it's like who came up with this and why are people buying this stuff i can tell you that most of the population doesn't understand science and they a good a good majority of people who believe in climate change as a real crisis are nothing more than headline regurgitators they don't really know the science behind it. They can't even right. question it. They don't have the wherewithal to do so. Right. Um, and so that's why it gets repeated and believed. There's very few people that question it. Now, people like me who do start questioning it, we become ostracized. We become demonized. Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I've been told time and time again by professors at Chico State that I'm nothing more than a shill for the fossil fuel industry, that I'm paid to have an opinion. I'm paid wow. to, to, to look into this stuff by the oil industry because they want to keep selling gasoline. Well, yeah. that's absolute crap. I've never taken a dime from any oil. Well, take it back. I had a Shell credit card once, and I got a rebate on it. Oh, my God. I'm a climate denier Shell for fossil fuel. Yep. That's the kind of thinking that these folks have. 
they are on a mission from God, literally. They're like the Blues brother. We're on a mission from God. Yeah. And they have to get their point across because we're saving the planet and you're not. And because you're not, you're evil. That's how they yep. think about people like myself. So yeah. I want to end the, the broadcast with talking about my book. Okay, now, let's do it. This is Climate at a Glance for teachers and students. And I have taken all of the talking points that I've talked about so far mm -hmm. in this broadcast, and I've condensed them into this book. Now, I don't make a dime on this book. Uh, no money is exchanged here. I wrote this up, and the cost of the book and shipping on Amazon basically is just, there's a zero dollar thing there. You can also download it for free inside the book uh, and also on the website for it. If you go to climateataglance.com, you'll be able to download it for free. But inside the book, I have these Q codes where you can scan them with your phone. Right. You can download the book. This book has every bit of the talking points that you hear in the media clearly outlined. And it's referenced by scientific articles and it is actually factual. There's no hype in here. There's no wild claims. And it, it basically debunks a lot of these talking points that are out there. Climate at a glance, 30 prominent climate topics. Go get it on Amazon.com. You can either look for my name, Anthony Watts, on Amazon.com, or you can go to climateataglance.com and download it from there. You can also see the individual stories that we have there about these things. And that'll give you some ammunition so that the next time you talk with someone who claims that climate change is going to destroy the earth, you can point out that the real science behind it doesn't support it. Right. You're exactly right. And, uh, you know, and heaven forbid you don't agree with it because then you're a climate denier and you're all these kinds of evil things. And you're, you know, again, you're just part of the oil, oil, you know, hog consumption thing or whatever you want to call it and it's just like no it's just it just doesn't work that way i'm sorry yeah one one final thought you know these folks want us to basically stop using oil okay mm -hmm. so you go to any one of these protests with these people that are out there um and every one of them every one of them is in that protest taking pictures with one of these yep what's in this thing plastic What's plastic made from? Oil. Oil. What's what what are synthetics made from? Oil. Oh, yep. Right? And they're completely hypocritical because they're stupid. They don't yeah. understand how much oil does for our life and how much bounty it brings to the human race. They right. condemn it as a as a destroyer, but in fact it's a savior. If we didn't have oil and other fossil fuels, we'd still be living back in the time of the horse and buggy. Having yep. to clean up crap off the streets from the horses, disease, uh -huh. no sewage treatment, any of that stuff. Yep. They want you to live a life in a mud hut because they believe their view of the world is the right one. Mm -hmm. And I would dare those same people to find something that petroleum products are not in. Um, kale. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That's about it. But they grow kale with fertilizer. And what's in fertilizer? Well, There you go. <laughs> See, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Right. It's everywhere. It's even in kale, even in <laughs> tofu, you know. Oh, man. Well, as we wrap this up, Anthony, I want to thank you for being on and uh, giving us the real facts about, uh, quote, air quotes of climate change. 
um, because let's I look at it this way and I tell people, you know, the climate, you, it does change about four times a year. It's called seasons. Yep. There's that. You know, right. and I said, that's that there's where your climate change is right there. Well, that's not exactly climate change. Climate right. change is measured over 30 years. But the fact that it is measured over 30 years completely excludes any possibility of any weather event being climate change. It just isn't. Yeah. 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 We've got to get some truth out there somehow and, uh, you know, try to change the narrative a little bit with facts, not fear and uh, hyperbole. Yep. That's exactly right. Yep. Well, Anthony, I thank you for being on. Thank you for all the facts you brought forth. And uh, you know what? From We the People tonight, subscribe, share this, and uh, get it out to as many people as possible so they can get some actual facts about weather and about uh, how ridiculous the climate change uh, religion, I'm going to call it, is. It so has become we the people, that. It really thank has. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from We the All People, right, Anthony, thank you, and uh, have a great day. And uh, Keep it up. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks a lot.